Thank you, Lord. You've heard it before. You'll hear it again. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And these guys, you guys are amazing. What can I say? Can I ask a question? If we were going into war, if we were going into war, what would you start with? Give me, give me something, just because I'm going into war right now. Come on, I'm declaring war on this thing. What, what would we start with? How would you declare war on stress? Come on! Come on! take your seats. How to handle stress. Babe, it's been 30 years we've been married. We've known each other almost 35. We've had three kids, ages, well, 22, 20, and 17. Amazing. How did we do it? I read a scripture that I believed, you can do nothing without me. Jesus said that. So without him, I don't think we would have gotten this far for the first seven years of it. Uh, I can only imagine what she went through for the first seven years of our marriage because she was a Christian, she was in church, she was following Jesus, and I was uh, still in the world. Um, But yet, a network, invitation to every woman, group of women got together, and they started praying for me. It took seven years, but it didn't seem like seven. And then the day came when I just bowed and surrendered to God. And I said, I want you part of my life because I can't do this life without you. And I just thank the women in this place that stand in the gap for their husbands. Thanks, guys. Definition of stress, pressure or tension exerted on a material or an object. And then you've got a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or demanding circumstances. Any multitaskers in the house? Cool. We're going to remove some of that stress off your life tonight. Uh, you know, it's, um, anxiety conditions can develop um, because of one of more stressful. I've written down a couple of things. We've got work stresses. Anybody relate? No? You're all cool? Job change, change in living arrangements, pregnancy, giving birth, family and relationship problems, major emotional shock um, following a stressful or traumatic event, verbal, sexual, physical, emotional abuse or trauma, death or loss of a loved one. Strain, pressure, tension, worry, anxiety, nervousness are all synonyms of stress. And um, I read in the scriptures to try and find an answer to this, and the only answer that you're going to hear from me is that God himself is my only answer and has been my only answer to get through every, every stressful situation. Um, there was Thomas Hobbes, I don't know if anyone's heard of him, 
and some fellow sociologists published uh, their research on human stress. They listed many of the common experiences of life, evaluated their impact on our mental and emotional well-being, and rated them accordingly uh, to the stress they produced in our lives. And this stress rating was expressed in what was called life change units. So the minute you've got something change in your life or a demand on your life, it would be rated. So the worse the stress rating, the higher the LCUs, life change units. For instance, getting a divorce is rated at 73. That's a high rate. And we're seeing a lot of that. And I've got something just to point out on that. Um, see, the devil exists. So let's not be like, I don't know, too blasé about it. He does exist, he's around, and the, the Bible warns us to be careful, okay, because he lurks around like a lion waiting to devour someone. So he does exist. Now, if he can't get you because you're solid, because you stand firm on the gospel of Christ, you're on a solid foundation. If he can't get you, guess who's going to try and get? Your wife. If he can't get your wife, he's going to try and get your kids. That's if you're married with children. If you're not married, if he can't get you, he's gonna get the closest person next to you. He's gonna cause division, and he's gonna try and split that um, relationship apart. Why? Because he wants you to be isolated because he knows he's going to be isolated at the end. When Jesus comes back, he's gonna be in eternal damnation on his own. He's trying to take as many of us with him. But when we stand firm, when we stand firm on the word of God, he's got no hope. He's defeated. But the problem with us is that we're not believing it. We're saying it, but we're not believing that we're actually, that he's actually defeated. On the cross, it was finished. It was done with. And anyone who walked up to the cross and said, thank you, Lord, that's it, it's done. That doesn't stop the stress from coming from situations. But how we respond to that, that's where it lies. And we look to the word of God for each and everything. There are stressful times in my life. I mean, I get questions a lot from you guys, like friends of mine here. Um, how do you do this life? How do you cope with the stress of being a husband, a father, a minister, and a business owner? And that's why I asked about multitasking. I'm not a multitasker, I'm sorry. I can't multitask good. I make a mess when I multitask. So I've kind of placed boundaries around my life. And to try and simplify it, and I pray that this helps you, to try and simplify it, if I want to be a good husband, there is a time that I place on being a husband. But before, and let me say this, before I'm a husband, I'm a minister of the gospel. So as a husband, I minister. I minister as a husband. So therefore, the word of God has given me strict instructions Simple instructions on how to be a husband. So I take the instructions given by the giver of life. I take that instruction and I apply it in that area. I will not allow you or anyone else to interfere with that section of my life. So therefore, if I'm being a husband right now, you can call me, but you can be guaranteed I'll ignore that call. The president can call me, the prime minister can call me, but you can be guaranteed I will ignore that call. Why? Because now I'm a minister, I'm a husband. And when I'm a father, I'm with my children. And you can ask them, I'm kind of pretty 
strict on some, some things around with children. I need my time with my kids. Do not try and take that away. I won't allow that. My wife will say, but it's rude. I'll say, it's not rude. My kids are more important than that. This is the instruction. So it minimizes my stress levels. If I have to try and juggle it, be a husband, a father, a minister, and a, and a, and a business owner together, the combination or the accumulative amounts of stress that I get from all of them will all become on one shoulder. It'll be too heavy for me to carry. So I split that. When I'm at work, my wife might call, this is my business time, is it important? Can it wait? I won't reject her call, otherwise she won't love me anymore. <laughs> like, you can't have that. If I miss her call because I'm in a meeting and she calls a second time, I will send a text. But because I need to split that up, I can't be sitting there with my client and then, yeah, babe, I'll get you milk and bread. Yeah, oh, okay, I'll make sure it's whole grain. It doesn't work. I won't multitask. And if I'm sitting at home having dinner with my children, I don't care how important my client is. He can wait. Nothing that can't wait till tomorrow, guys. Why add to our stress levels that are already there? And that's the problem. I think each and every one of us choose to add more when we don't really need to. And I think once we place boundaries and don't allow people to come in, I'm not being rude, but, you know, that's my family time. <laughs> it doesn't work. He rings me up at 7 o'clock, and then next morning at 7 o'clock in the morning, why didn't you take my call? Um, it was 7 o'clock, so? Uh, well, that's my family time. I actually say that to them. That's like, why are you adding? It can wait. There's nothing I can do for you at 7 o'clock at night. So, therefore, it can wait. So, we make choices in our life to try and minimize I don't think we can ever get rid of them, the stresses, but we can minimize them. And can also say, not all stresses are bad. Some stress is actually, I think, from what, from what I read about stress, is that when there's a change in our life, the body actually releases those stress hormones to enlarge us. We actually grow out of some of them. But just like a thin string that is pushed to the limit, you push it too far, what's gonna happen? It's gonna snap. Just like a balloon, when we're blowing it up, I can take one more, <sighs> it blows. Know your limits, know your limits, and just, hey, stop there, that's enough for today. It can wait till tomorrow. The world, you know what, I went to hospital, if most of you would know, and I spent, do the maths, 17th September, I came out the 9th of October, and then wasn't able to work for another six weeks after that. That's a lot of weeks. But all the time I thought that the world can't cope without me. But it did. <laughs> it continued to turn. <laughs> Church continued to happen. My, my family continued to have bread on the table. You know why? The scripture that we just heard from the offering. My God will supply my every need. My every, every need. I want to take you to a scripture. Um, in Acts 27. And I'll just tell you a bit of a story about this. Paul now is a prisoner. He's tried to share 
you know, his faith with Agrippa and Festus, and they said, look, we don't want any part of him. Send him to Rome. So he gets on the boat, and he goes to Rome. Now, at one point, the weather changed, and it got a little bit rough. So he goes up to the captain and to the owner, and he says, you know what? We need to hold off, not carry on. I believe that the weather is changing for the worst, and we could be heading for a storm. Shipwreck. He actually mentioned shipwreck. They didn't listen. They thought, well, what would Paul know? He's just a preacher. He's also a prisoner. What would he know? They didn't listen to him. And they got into the boat and took off. And as we know the story, the storm did rise. Now, the point I want to just bring out here is how many times have we decided not to listen to good advice because that advice would have minimized the stress levels of the situation. That, that advice might have even stopped a catastrophe or a shipwreck. That advice might have been so good because I think if you trust the people that you're with, you know that the advice is for your own benefit. I'll tell you a little story. My wife once, yeah, I have to go there, don't I? <laughs> I had to listen to my wife. Um, I, was, I was leaving or I suppose leaving the electrical business and moving into another business. This was going back about, actually, just before I gave my life to Jesus. And, um, and I, I knew Jesus, don't get me wrong, I, I knew him, but I didn't know him intimately. I didn't know him the way I know him today. And her question was straight away, have you prayed about this? And I said, oh, yeah, 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 and God said it's okay. <laughs> Seriously, that was my response. She goes, but I think, I said, no, 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 it's fine, really, it is, it is. But you should think, no, 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 it's okay. She had nothing but good intentions for the advice she wanted to give me. But you know what? I thought I could do this on my own. I thought I was good enough. And I thought I didn't need any advice with all due respect from my wife, okay, or from God. I know what I'm doing. I, I don't need him. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm speaking to some people here tonight that we have taken, make choices, did not listen to good advice or good counsel, and when we're stuck with those choices or the consequences of that choice, okay, we get to a point and say, how did I get there? Well, that's how I got there. But I'm so thankful to God that because I got to that place, who knows the scripture, God can turn all things around for the good of those who love him. Thank God I got to that place because it was in that place that I was ready to give life away completely. It was in that place that the prayers, my wife's prayers were being answered. It was in that place that the stress levels that reached me were to the breaking point. I was about to break. And then she asked me, you wanna to come to church with me? And you know the story from there. God is faithful. I went to church that day and God just spoke to me. Out of 300 people, he was only talking to one person, that was me because he cares about the one. That's our God. But I didn't listen to good advice. And neither did these guys. So they ended up on the boat. And of course, everyone's panicking now. So picture, who's ever been in a storm on a boat? Anyone? It's pretty rough. Who's been seasick on a boat? We won't ask that question. We don't want to embarrass anyone. Okay, so it was really rough to the point where nothing was standing still. Everything was rocking backwards and forwards. The ship was about to break apart. And an angel of God came and stood before Paul. And he said, don't worry. What causes our stresses? It's the worry, it's the fears, it's the anxieties. That's what causes them. 
like we start to worry about things before they even occur. I always say, and you've heard me say it, go to the throne before you go to the phone. We need to go to the throne first. And this, this guy, Paul, standing there, and I could picture him being a little bit afraid as well. But an angel of God came and stood next to him and said, hey, guess what? The ship's going to get demolished. Nothing's going to be left of it, but not one life. Not one life will be lost. Not one life will be lost. But stay in the ship. That was the deal. Anyone, because there were people there, there was the crew, some of the crew wanted to jump off. Why wouldn't you? The ship is about to smash into some rocks. Who knows what's happening out there? Jump. I've got a better chance. I'm a good swimmer. Why wouldn't you think that? So there's some crew that wanted to jump. Have we ever reached that point where we just couldn't put up with it anymore? Where the storm in our life was just way, way too rough that we were just ready to jump? We were just ready to throw it all in and just jump. Give up. Give up. These guys were about to give up, but Paul came with an encouraging word. And he said, an angel, and I believe right now, for some of you here tonight, there's an angel standing next to you that is whispering into your ears instructions of what God's got for you. You may think that this storm's going to last, but God says, no, it's not going to last. But we've got to ride the storm. We've got to stay in the ship. We've got to ride the storm to see his glory, to see what he's got for us. And as we know, the ship did break apart. It broke apart. There were pieces of it everywhere. But if you read the scripture, it says that each and every one of them was on a piece of board from the ship, floated to the island where they were rescued. They were stranded on the island, but they did not die. The cargo went, the ship went, all their belongings went, but none of them died. Theologically, they survived because they stayed on the ship and as it broke up, each and every person had something that they could just float on to get to safety. Who are we listening to? What advice are we taking? That's a challenge for, for me. Who, am I, who do I listen to? How do I know it's God's voice and how do I know it's not God's voice? And the Bible says to be, seek counsel all the time and get confirmation. And I shared uh, this morning at Bankstown um, the, the, the reason I suppose I've survived is because I've had godly men around me. Yes. Women don't have godly men, have godly women around you. Good advice. <laughs> I've had godly men around me. I've sought advice from men who have been there before me. I've gathered with them and I've stuck with them and I've bonded with them and I've asked the tough questions and I was not too proud to confess some of my sins to them, some of my weaknesses, because once I've confessed them, I brought them out to the light. Once I brought them out to the light, God was able to deal with them. Once I brought them out to the light, they were able to pray for me and lift me up in prayer and help me overcome some of those issues. The things that we were dealing with, the stresses that we have, the worries that we have, the fears that we have, who are you sharing them with? Who are you sharing them with? If you're keeping them for yourself, what's gonna happen? If you're keeping them to yourself, what's going to happen? You're going to harbor them. You're going to become bitter about a lot of things. Your attitude is going to change in your attitude. It's going to show in your attitude towards your friends, your family. I remember a time when I was carrying so much stress that my 
temperament? Wasn't that good? I was reacting in anger with, about everything that Rhonda might say or my kids might say. Why? Because I was heartened. I wasn't letting it out. God has placed men and women in your lives that you can go to and get counsel from. You know who they are. I don't need to point them out. You know who they are. God's placed them there for that reason. Connect group leaders. People in your connect group where you've seen there's a close bond, where you've, where you've heard wisdom, godly wisdom, where you've seen fruit of the Spirit. You, you know that and you can trust those people. So who are you sharing it with? How are you supposed to release those stresses? I heard Dylan goes up to the um, bag, punching bag that he's got in his backyard, and he releases it like that. But I also heard that before that, he goes to the throne, gets his guitar, and just worships. And that is an awesome place. Have you ever tried to be angry while you're singing praise? <laughs> Please try it. Come back and tell me what it's like next week. It's impossible. It is impossible. You get before the presence of God, and I've got to tell you, that's the reason I encourage men and women in my world to stay in church because where the presence of God is, man, there is peace. The Bible talks about a peace that transcends all understanding. You can't understand it. I can't understand, but I'll tell you what, it's there. It's amazing. And I just want to say something else too. Jesus has spoken to each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. Whether you've heard him, I don't know. See, I, I am so secure in my identity in him, not in what you think of me. I am so secure in my identity in him and who he says I am. I love that song because it says I'm a child of God, and I am. And I'll continue to live like one, continue to talk like one, continue to act like one, because that's what I believe. So firstly, I'm secure in my identity in him. Secondly, I know him. Do you know him? See, I know him. I know that I can go to him. I know that the, his word says, come boldly into the throne room of grace where you can receive mercy. Man, come on. Do I need to say any more? That's what, I know him. So therefore, I can go to him. Now, I can be guaranteed that each and every one of us, the minute we have an ache or a pain or something that concerns our well-being, we go to who? Someone that we know that could help us, and that is a doctor. We run to the doctor. And if you're after a real estate property, where do you go to? You go to a real estate agent, because you know he can help you, and you trust his help. If you've got some financial problems that you need to sort out, you go to an accountant. And if you've committed murder, you'll go to Leon or Dorian, and they'll help you, because you need a lawyer. <laughs> But we know where to go to for those things. Why is it that when we have these things, the stresses, the fears, the worries, the anxiousness that we have that come from nowhere, why can't we go to the giver of life and seek guidance from him? What did Jesus say? Come to me. No, no, come to me, all of you that are heavily laden. Why? Because I will give you rest. That's what we need to do, not just read it, but actually believe it and do it. Follow it. Jesus says, hey, come to me. And he also said, cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. I am so in awe of that word, he cares for me. 
David says, who am I that you care? I say, who am I that you care? But he cares. We stay in the ship of his word. We stay in the ship of church. That's where the presence and the family of God is. And we stay in the presence of Jesus Christ. Because in Romans 10, verse 9, it says that if you confess with your lips, believe in your heart, you're saved. Do, do we know what saved means? Do we have a clue of what Jesus is actually saying to us when he says that? Can you put it up on the screen for me, please, Chrissy? 10.9, Romans 10.9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your lips that you confess and it's with your heart that you believe and you're justified. We've heard it. We may have even prayed it. Is the application there? Your stress levels will be reduced. Your fears will be diminished. Oh, guaranteed. No longer slave to it. Worries, anxiety, gone. He's the God that cares. Cast your cares upon him. Cast your cares upon him. With that said, can I have every, the band up and I'll just uh, want to make an invitation. Because, you know, you, you've been in church. I'm looking at the faces here. I don't see many except our friend that came here for the first time. How you doing? Okay, I've seen your faces in church. I know you guys have been in church. But I need to ask this question. Do you know him? Are you secure in your identity in him? Have you confessed truly, not just with your lips, but believed in your heart? That Jesus is Lord? That he died for you personally? Holy Spirit. Can I have everyone's heads bowed, please? Eyes closed, just humor me. Whether you believe in this or not, doesn't matter. I love Trent Membray's um, testimony. He said, I didn't even know God, didn't even believe in God, but yet he asked God and God showed. So right now, I just want to give an opportunity to everyone doesn't matter if you've been in church for the last 10 years. doesn't matter if this is only your first day. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing, hearing the gospel that's been preached. Do you believe? Do you know him? I want to give you that opportunity now. I'm not going to spend too much time in it. I think God's already knocked on the door of your heart and he's inviting you into this great, great family of God he just wants you to surrender not to give up he just wants you to surrender to him and just say God I can't do this life without you but I want to do it with you so right now is there anyone here that just wants to respond to receive in Christ. Whether it's for your first time, whether it's your second or whether it's your third, it doesn't matter.
Anyone here that wants to respond today, just lift your hands up and let me see that. I'd love to pray with you guys. Believe in your heart. Confess with your lips. Thank you, Lord. That's great. What we're going to do now um, is I'm going to have a, a different altar call. I'm going to have a call and invitation out to anyone that's facing stresses, anyone that's facing stuff that they can't get rid of. You know, I'd love to pray for you. The team here would love to pray for you because we want to see, we want to see you have the abundant life that Jesus promised and he promised it. So why don't we stand and just worship? I'm going to make myself available at the front and invite you to come. Don't be shy. See, this is the, the deal that we were talking about is that like we carry it. We don't share it. Well, right now, I'm not asking you to share it with me, but I'm asking you to share it with Jesus. Come and lay it at the altar. Let him deal with it. Let him strip you of it. Come on, just come as we pray. Sing. 